Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 111. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Boy Soda. The singer and producer from Terrigal in the Central Coast has just released his new single, Welcome to the Glow Up. In today's episode, we're speaking with Boy Soda about the changing landscape of R&B within Australia, being sincere in his lyrics, and the music of the early 2000s. Here we go. Our guest today is a brilliant singer, songwriter, and producer. His music blends the sounds of the early 2000s with modern R&B, pop, and alternative pop. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Boy Soda. Good morning. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Um, where are you joining us from this morning? I'm sitting in my friend's apartment in Croydon. I live downstairs, but the sun's way better up here, so I just needed a little bit of vitamin D and I've got some incense burning, so I'm very relaxed right now. I was going to say, like, the visual that I'm getting from where you are is... um a beautiful day yeah it's um it's shining through and you know i like the aromatherapy part of the incense and yeah i feel i feel calm and and nice it's been a hectic release week but i feel peaceful very zen (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad to hear that um you've come out the other side alive and that you've uh you've done it well it is um an exciting week as you said it's release week for your new single yeah absolutely and you know there's a lot of weird emotions that come with that as well and um that whole letting go and surrendering as you, a song that you know you've worked on so many times gets released into the world and being able to let that go and be okay with other people receiving it and um the fact that it's not really my song anymore you know that emotionally is like a i don't think that ever ever changes or gets easier with each song but um it's been so exciting to kind of I feel like I'm hitting my stride a little bit and even just making the music and the music's looking the way I've always wanted it to be. Like, I think I've always been chasing it. And with this song, I feel like I'm getting close. It's really encouraging. How often do you find that, um, cause I, I, I obviously do want to talk about the single itself. Welcome to the glow up, but just the little bit that you mentioned a second ago of, um, having those kind of feelings throughout the week of, you want it to be out, you don't want it to be out. What is that kind of ratio like in terms of, you know, you you just want it out there, but then you think, no, maybe I'd want to change it or tweak this or do this? Or Oh, I've been going through that for the last 
last last couple of weeks of you know I've been working on a project and kind of putting finishing touches on songs and I'm definitely at the point where I'm not making anything better I'm just changing it if that makes sense yeah um and then you hear changes that you make you're like I could do this could do this and I realized I was at that crazy point at the end where I was like I just need to make some decisions and send it off because it's the song's done I'm just I'm, I'm gonna ruin it if, if I add anything else or <laughs> or take anything else away. So, um, yeah, the week before, cause I, I, I feel like obviously you make the decision on the song coming out like weeks before it actually comes out. You're like, yeah, this is a song. And then like two days before you're like, what if it's not the right song? <laughs> <laughs> what if it's not the right song? What if people are expecting something different and that battle of, you know, doing like doing it for myself and what I find cool and also wanting to, you know, release in a way that make, that makes sense and, and feeling like I'm hitting the right stepping stones in, in setting up, you know, this world that I want my music and my art to exist in. Um, so it's just a lot of moments where I just have to double down and, you know, back myself and, and be confident in that because um, it's too tempting otherwise to imagine all the other possibilities. It's like, no, we're here. This is the song. You know, you've done a great job. you worked with amazing people. So let's just run with it and making that surrender has been great because I've actually really enjoyed this release week and I'm really proud of the song. It is a, um, it is a gorgeous song, mate. It is. Um, I feel like I'm too old to be saying this or I can't get away with saying it, but it is a bop. I think the kids um, say. <laughs> no, I never too old to say that. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that as like my verification stamp. <laughs> If a mid-30s man says it's a bop, it is a bop. Wonder <laughs> percent I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> um, I'll, in writing. I'll, I'll send it through to the label later. Um, Thank you. <laughs> it is a, it's a gorgeous kind of early to mid-2000s, like R&B pop track, but it's done, I feel like sometimes there is tracks that they're trying too hard to sound like vintage or maybe um, that they there's an element where it just isn't quite right, but I feel that you've kind of really hit the nail on, on the head with this one. Oh, thank you so much. I think it is uh, something that happened accidentally in like an, in an inorganic way. And I think that's when it does translate because I didn't go into it with the intention of making something reminiscent or referencing anything. And I have this conversation with people a lot is like at the moment when I listen to music, I don't, really listen to like, I never hear lyrics first. It's always, it's always melodies and drums. And that's what I like. Like I have to listen to a song four or five times before I could even tell you what it's about. And in saying that some of my favorite songs I listen to now, I'm like, Oh, that's what it's about. It's just, I like, <laughs> I like the, I like the feel of it. And I think that's like, I'm, I'm very careful to be aware of my influence, influences, but I don't want to, uh, catch myself imitating if that makes sense I just want to be my you know quintessentially boy soda and you know I don't even know what that means but I think I'm the person that obviously does it best because who else makes your own music better than you or understands it better than you and then I think I end up in these well especially welcome to the glow up just ended up in this nice spot where you know references and and tinges of you know early 2000s which is what I grew up on is a byproduct of just my influences, but it definitely wasn't a cognitive decision that I made. Do you think that having um, 
some of those early influences. I think that, uh, from what I understand, is your initial introduction to music was those early 2000 um, artists. Like uh, your cousin was was burning you CDs of torrented like Neo and Usher. Yeah, man's did his research. Oh, I try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I, mum and dad, you know, and on their Sunday playlists, I would grow up on like really easygoing stuff, like Nora Jones and like James Morrison and some Marvin Gaye and the old Motown records and loved music. Like I remember being really young and like tapping on the doors of the car to the radio and then really wanted a djembe. So my parents got me a djembe. Like I always just, it was always something that I've, I felt very deep inside me and not something that I ever felt like was learned. It was just this intrinsic love and connection to music. And then I, you know, around 14, 15 or whenever when my cousin did start burning me all these things, I was just, just loved, just loved the sound and fully dove into it. And in hind, like, it's nice growing up and recognizing what I got from those and what I decided not to take, you know, without realizing, because I think those songs in a general sense, like I'm, I miss a storytelling element to those. Like, of course there are R&B songs with amazing, amazing, you know, story arcs over three minutes. But, uh, I was always very aware that I wasn't going to sing about, you know, the chains and cars and drugs and and sex. And if I was, it wasn't going to be in that way. You know what I mean? So, but I just, you know, fucking loved the trap drums and, uh, over like lush smooth chords I thought that contrast was was amazing and loving that growing out of that but being able to recognize you know how my music is still tethered to that is is nice it's like a, a sense of musical maturity almost like take what I would take the take the bits that I want and but also know the overall picture in my head, you know, and that comes back to not wanting to ever be replicating. Yeah, of course. I can um, 100% understand that. The, the the project itself, I feel that you are in a kind of very unique space in terms of like Australian R&B. While it has gotten better, definitely in the last few years has gotten better. I feel like oh, maybe from like the 90s to the 2000s, even early 2010s, yeah. That it was that your R&B and it is about cars and oh, I hate to use like, they are cliches, but it, like, yeah. Um, and then I feel that there is this space where Australia hasn't quite caught up to the world yet in terms of almost like alternative R&B or alternative mm. hip hop, if that's a better term to kind of phrase it. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what, what I'd call it to, to be honest. I just, um, I'm kind of just trying to be a little like decisively passive, if that makes sense in, in just wanting to make, make music that I think is, is cool and not think any deeper than that and try not to overthink shit on some Kenny beats, like mantras, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, cause I, if I think too deeply about it, then I, I just start ruining things. I, I definitely have to be a little bit impulsive. Um, and I think that's also like a state of flow thing in, in that sense. So 
yeah, I try not to try not to overthink it too much because I've, I've been there and it ruined ruins the music. That's it. Do you have a like a certain approach when it does come to to songwriting and to sessions? My only approach is that I remove any expectations, and if I haven't met the producer before, I don't usually. Like I'm not really one to research their whole catalogue and be like, this is the kind of song I can make with them because I, I want to go into their room and talk to them for two hours and, and get deep and peel some layers back and reach this new, mutual understanding where we know enough about each other that we can create a song that you know actually comes from both of us. I don't want to walk, walk into a session and someone's got beats up and then I just write a top line over, you know, there is a time and a place for that. But if I'm like, and I, I don't think producers are giving credit as other artists enough because they are. And the, like the song, is, like they carry half the song that, yes, I wrote the melody, the top line and help make decisions on, on the production. But like, that's, that's all them as well. So I never would never want it to feel one-sided or I never feel like it's them serving me. I feel like it's too, hella creative people in the same room. Let's see what gets made. Like I don't, I don't go into any session expecting to make particularly R and B or boy, or boy, boy soda music. Um, I'd be fine leaving a session with a country song that I love. <laughs> that I may not necessarily release for myself, but would love to give to someone else. Like, and I love the challenge of writing for other genres as well. And I really enjoy that. And I think it, different genres ask, for different type of songwriting or emphasize different things in regards to uh storyline, or maybe they focus on the melody or, you know, every song has different purpose as well. So I just have no expectations on myself or the, or the producer um, on what it has to sound like or feel like it's just, let's go and have a conversation and see where it goes. And maybe the song at the end of the day is mine and maybe it's not, but there, I know for sure there's going to be a, a three minute audio file that didn't exist at the end of it. <laughs> and that's, that will never not excite me. I can, I can respect that low key. I would personally love to, I would be so interested to hear a, um, voice out a country song, but that's just me. Maybe one day. <laughs> when you, um, kind of come out with, as you said, like a, a three minute audio file, how do you determine whether it is a voice soda track or not, is there any like key things that you kind of look for that stand out or is it just a, a feeling or a vibe that you, that you know? Um, honestly, I, after the session, I uploaded it to my SoundCloud and it goes on the long ass list. And I usually listen to that list every time I'm driving around and I kind of have these songs like bookmarked into groups of like, you know, at, at this time or at this era of my music that can exist and this can exist here. And, um, but I don't really, I kind of approach that as I, you know, when it comes to the point of, Oh, what am I releasing next? But I don't, I've got songs I definitely know uh, for this type of project or for a collaborative project like this. Or, so I have places in my mind that I know they exist. It's just, when the time is right and the circumstances are right. And when it makes sense sonically, you know, in my journey, I want my discography to, to evolve in that sense. I've got song, I've got songs that I love, but for it personally feels too early to let them out yet. Cause I feel like I need to do a little bit more of the scaffolding so that 
when that song lands, people are in a position to receive it best based on the context of what they've previously heard from me. I find it really interesting because I, I think that there's a lot of artists that maybe don't, this is not to discredit anyone, but like maybe don't mm. put in the same level of um, thought or. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I don't want to say so, but like with what no, you're I saying, know. yeah. I know what you're saying. And I think it comes down to like artists just operate differently and some like everyone has their own strengths and some people re- like make a song and can release it that week on some rush shit. You know what I mean? Um, and some people have to have a song and sit with it and, you know, maybe I will make a song all week ago. This has to be out next week and it will happen that way, but there's no, obviously there's no specific uh, way to make and release music or decide and, the only person that sh- should have a say in that is the artist. So it's not that I think, you know, that other people necessarily don't think it through. Maybe they just value different parts of the process more than me. And that's, that's fine as well. Like even intric- like intricacies like that are, are what I find interesting in that, that first two hour conversation of a session is, it's finding out where you place the most value, you know, in your art. And there's no right, there's no right or wrong. It's just, as long as the artist is comfortable and happy and inspired and has that sense of release, like that's all, that's all that matters. Like as an audience and a consumer, we don't hear a song straight away and think, Oh, I wonder who played all the instruments. I wonder how many writers there are on the song. I wonder how long it's existed for. It's just, we, as consumers, we get a song and we listen to it off face value most of the time. And when we love it, we want to dig deeper and find out the reasons why it exists and everyone that was involved in it. But the process is completely, uh, um, you know, like an internal, an internal occurrence and artists don't owe it to share that necessarily if they don't want to, because the music exists and it's up to everyone else to receive that how they may based on their context and their influences and their reference points. That's yeah. That's an incredible point. I've, um, I think you might've, yeah, kind of left me slightly speechless with that. That was very um, deep. <laughs> no, thank you. I, it's a, it's a bit of a curse sometimes. Sometimes I go to, I get too many layers deep and then it's really hard to like 
claw back to the surface of like the original thought or the original point. But um, I am grateful to be able to, you know, dive into subtext of thoughts in that, in that sense and, and be more considerate. Cause I think even just on some creative material thing, there's a gold down there. And yeah. being being introspective is, you know, a gift and a curse, but it fucking makes good music. So <laughs> I'm okay with it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, do you remember, I know we spoke about before having like the burnt CDs given to you as like an introduction, but do you remember, I guess, the, the, the timing or the phase where you realized that that was something that you wanted to do as yourself and kind of started to be like, yep, yeah, let's try it. Um, I never, like, I, I never had this innate curiosity about why the music was made initially. Like, I, I know a lot of my friends that produce and other producers I talk to, they're like, I just always wanted to deconstruct it and, and hear how it worked and hear how it sounds. And I didn't really have that curiosity until, like, late year 10. But I just always loved the music and I loved singing. I loved the, the feeling of hitting certain notes and I was aware of the way they like vibrated in my chest and the way that that felt really cathartic, you know, before I was old enough to know what that word even meant. I just knew that when I sang things and I sang certain notes, things like things left my body in, in a, in a beautiful way. And it was also just really fun. And I was you know really lucky to have, incredibly supportive parents that, that saw that in me and nurtured that and also allowed me to pursue that in practice and forced me into, you know, beginning my 10,000 hours on a performing sense, you know, encouraging me to do talent shows and encouraging me to, to sing live in different places and join a songwriting circle in year 10 as well, which is really what sparked the production thing as well. I met my mentors and, you know, I got the key to a studio and I was just there from 8 PM till 6 AM, just making shitty songs and recording me and my friends and learning how to mix vocals. And it was kind of around then and, and seeing my mentor produce that it inspired me to really want to be able to do the same thing because that was the moment where I was like, I have things in my head that I'm, that I can make, like that I can physicalize these melodies and these sounds in my head. And then it was just about putting in enough work so that when I hear a sound in my head, I know everything behind it. I know how to make it because that's nothing's more frustrating than wanting <laughs> than wanting a sound and you hear it perfectly in your head and you just can't get it. Like I'm still like that with 808s, to be honest. You hear a little I hear fatty in my head and then it comes out like a a weak sign breath or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's part of the process too. Like it's fun. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's true. It, um, do you have any, I know we've discussed like writing other songs. Is there a time where we might see you produce, um, similar to maybe like, I know Pharrell does his like artist thing and then they have the Neptunes as production. Is that something that you would be interested in doing further down the line as well? A hundred percent. I'm very aware that, um, my career as an artist is, is the base of everything else that I want to do. Um, you know, I want to be, I want to exist creatively in a sonic space, in a visual space, um, 
in you know a recorded space so i want my ideas to be able to be worn on people and i want my ideas to exist as silhouettes the same way that i want them to exist in people's ears i want my ideas to exist you know in an adult cartoon or something like that you know i it's not necessarily music it doesn't have to necessarily be music it's just it's just the one that I enjoy the most at the moment. And then I also feel like on some divine purpose shit, like that's why I'm here. Like I feel very, I feel like I'm where I'm meant to be and I'm following the path that I'm supposed to, to be in this sense. But I'm just, you know, it'll get to a point where my accessibility and my resources allows that to, to bleed out into other creative fields and, you know, it doesn't have to be now and I'm patient, but definitely happen. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, speaking of patience, I know that we have obviously, excuse me, we've obviously got um, welcome to the go up at the moment. We previously had love you to bits earlier this year, which then leads me to my next question. Can we expect, um, maybe a more fuller body of work next year, maybe an EP, maybe an album. Yeah, I'm working on an EP right now. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you what it's called, but I'm really excited. I'm really excited for it. And it, it's really a, a study of self, to be honest. And it's been interesting making it because I didn't start it with a concept that I wanted to fulfill. I just kind of did like six months of nonstop, like back-to-back sessions last year and wrote with so many people in Sydney and had lots of songs for myself and, top lined a lot of songs for other people and um sorry what was the original question i just started daydreaming <laughs> it was it was whether uh, we can expect an ep but i don't i don't want to get anyone in trouble either so it was more so no, yeah. no i'm so happy that, sorry i just got this distracted because i've just been thinking about that that shit for months now but yeah i've been i've been making a project and it's really interesting making songs and realizing that you've pointed things out about yourself in a song before you even hear that you've done that. So it's a bit confronting in, in that sense, but you know, you, you get confronted then you decide to write about it more and flesh it out, or maybe it's too much. You know, I'm like, fuck that. I'm saving it for the next project. I'm not ready to open that can of worms <laughs> yet, but the process of making it has been really cathartic and, um, challenging in a healthy way. That's very cool. We um we do look forward to to that when it does come out. Um, Thank you. Lastly, uh, we would usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to. If there's anything at the moment that's uh, particularly taking your interest. Oh, I've, I've been bumping that Silk Sonic record all week. <laughs> Just catchy man, like. I haven't I haven't heard a song that like makes me involuntarily happy in a long in a long time. And you just hear that shit and it's like everything's everything's actually okay. Like I I was working on Sunday, I should have been out in the sun yesterday, popped that album on and I was like, everyone come in, Silk Sonic's playing. <laughs> and just yeah, I'm a mood shifter, man. So I'm actually having so much fun listening to that. What is it? I think there's a track put on put on a smile or put a smile on or something to do with a smile. Yeah. But the key changes in that are just um chef kiss. 
Oh yeah, that's Bruno Mars. That's like Bruno Mars is like love on top. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he, and oh, holy shit, he can do it. So exactly. Yeah. Pray. Thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate it. No, absolute absolute pleasure. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Boy Soda for his time. Welcome to the Glow Up is out now, and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to stream the single. We also want to give a huge shout out to Emily at Warner Music Australia for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes, where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.